Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. I always want to say, Alex, what's up, dude, when we're recording our second episode for the day, but I feel like it's so inauthentic. It's, I've thought, and I've laid in bed before. (laughs) Well, I've I've actually thought about this laying in bed before. And I'm like, how many different ways can I answer? Like, hey, like, what's up, dude? Because I've been thinking, like, it sounds kind of repetitive, probably. And I'm sure they're probably tired of listening to like, hey, like, what's up? And it's like, not a whole lot, like just normal Wednesday. And it's like, how can I make my Wednesday like at 1 p.m. sound kind of exciting? Um, I don't know. Like but really, it's not. Yeah, no, they... not a whole lot going I mean, <laughs> a lot going on, but nothing that would be too out of the ordinary intriguing for the listeners. I don't want to sit there and stuff science and nutrition down their throat and just things that they don't necessarily um it's a little bit too deep down the rabbit hole probably for them to find interesting. Yeah, I would agree. We're so. not going to bullshit you guys. We've already been chatting for the last hour. We just recorded an episode before, but uh, we didn't really hop into any of your questions. We just kind of got off on some rants in regards to dealing with hunger and cravings when you're in a deficit. So if that's you and you didn't listen to the last episode, make sure to to go back and give that a listen. We gave a bunch of different options in regards to like particular things that could be happening that's making it hard for you to be consistent in a deficit, whether that comes to hormones, your mindset, um, struggles with like the where you've been at in your periodization with your nutrition? Have you been at maintenance phases long enough and a bunch of other stuff? So that's something that intrigues you or something you've struggled with and you need some help figuring out your situation. Go back and listen to that last episode because I feel like it'll be super helpful for you. But we wanted to hop back on and dive into some questions that I've gotten over the last little while to just deep dive in and give you guys a quick Q&A for today. We don't have a ton of time, so we're going to just jump into these quickly and have a conversation. And the first topic that I want to quickly discuss with you and just get your insight in is a hot topic at the moment. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I believe we, we might have like briefly brushed over it at one point, maybe in the last few months, but it's something that's coming up with clients um, a lot more on my end. And I'm sure that you've been asked questions about this a lot as well. And so I wasn't asked a particular question, but I just want to touch on the topic because I think that it can potentially be useful for others. And um, it's basically, what are your thoughts on Ozempic? And before we hop into it, I think that we should give an understanding or explanation of what Ozempic even is first. Um, have you been asked this much? Not a whole lot. Wow. Um, I've I've gotten it from a couple of clients. Um, I had one that was like, "Yeah, my uh, functional practitioner can actually just, you know, basically give it out. Like, should yep. I take it?" And I was like, "Um, well, prob- probably not. Like, I think I'd need to know a little bit more, but." Like if she's just kind of like offering it to everybody that walks in the door, I'd kind of be a little. Like, Which seems sketched. like it's happening. 
right now, right? Like, it almost feels like they're being like paid to like oh, oh more people sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pharmaceutical side of it, like they're making money, right? And I don't say that because I'm trying to bash on Ozempic. I think that there are practical uses for it, and I want to be able to chat about those as well. But I keep hearing the same thing, like with clients that I have that um, are on like hormonal therapies and whatnot. So like they're seeing hormonal doctors or just their, their general practitioners. Like it seems like most people that are a lot of people that are ending or have those types of relationships with, with people in the medical field, like, and they have fitness goals or weight loss goals. Like the first thing that's being offered right now is Ozempic. And obviously a big push for that is it's new onto the market in regards to weight loss medication, right? It, It blunts hunger essentially. And so you no longer have a desire for food while you're taking the medication, which all it simply means is you're just going to eat less calories. So you're going to lose weight at a decent rate. It's not that like, Oh, if my diet stays the same and I go on Ozempic that I'm going to start to, to lose weight, you start to lose weight because you no longer feel um, satisfaction or craving for food essentially. And so you're just basically just eating to fuel yourself, which is going to have you eating a lot lower calories, which is going to lead to weight loss. And so I want to have a conversation about it. And I, I mentioned, I feel like we should describe it. Like, I don't know the deep underlying roots or mechanisms exactly that Ozempic uses in regards to like blunting hunger. Alex might have a better explanation of that, but I, I don't have that. I haven't dug into it enough, but I, I have friends, people that I golf with that I know that are using it. I have some family members that I know, um, have used it. My dad has actually used it. Um, and I get clients asking me about it a lot and I have some clients that have used it as well. And I think that it's just a good conversation to have because it's such a, a hot topic at the moment to understand like, okay, should I use Ozempic? Should I not? And again, we're not here to tell you whether you should or not, but I want to be able to give you guys some thoughts and ideas regarding like, is it the right avenue for you to help you be able to lose weight? Yeah. So I guess my first question back to you would like, is that the um, main thing kind of being offered or are they kind of being offered um like something like fentermine as well. Do you know what fentermine is? Is no, not exactly. But like there is um like the peptide ver like IDF1, IDJF1 or something like that that I know. That might be the exact same thing as Ozempic, but I haven't heard of that other name that you just mentioned. Gotcha. So fentermine is sometimes um given out and I can kind of run through the differences between the two because that was actually a client question that I had was like, you know, do I go the fentramine route? You know, do I go the Ozempic route? One, um, the fentramine kind of basically serves as more of like a stimulant. So kind of like how when you drink caffeine, like like cortisol rises. Yeah, it kind of acts similarly to Adderall. And so I'll start with the... Ozempic first. And so essentially like what this was like intended intended to treat was or is like type 2 diabetes. Yeah, my dad has it. That's why he takes it. Mm-hmm. So it has type 2 diabetes. That's originally like what it was like made for. It's like to treat type 2 diabetes, which is essentially like a blood sugar, you know, regulation issue slash um, like combination of like lifestyle issues. And so basically like within your body, you have something called GLP-1, which is 
a glucagon-like peptide one. And That's what like I was natural. referring to before. Sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, but whatever I, IDF one or whatever, I was referring to what Alex just said. GLP one. I murdered that. <laughs> it's a natural hormone in the body, and Ozempic basically just like imitates it. So, what it does is it essentially like stimulates insulin re- release within the body. Okay, from there. It's going to reduce glucose production by the liver. So essentially, like all it's kind of not, I guess not all it's helping you do, but it's helping you to basically keep a better appetite. Like the less kind of yo-yo swings you have with your blood sugar during the day, um, kind of like how we talked about in the last podcast, like how blood sugar re- regulation can play a factor in weight loss. If blood sugar is a mess, appetite's probably also going to be a mess. So it's kind of like the better control that we can keep blood sugar, the better our hunger signals are going to work and the more like satiated we're going to feel throughout the day. And that's essentially like the main action behind it is like it just mimics that peptide Mm-hmm. And then it helps to just reduce it, it reduces the amount of glucose produced by the liver. So like your body just has to work basically it doesn't have to work as hard and has an easier time regulating appetite, regulating digestion, balancing blood sugar. And then that kind of just has like a, the indirect path of helping you to lose weight more sustainably. Okay. That makes sense. I had like a general understanding of that, but I think you explained it in a much more educated way than I probably ever could. Ever could. So I, I appreciate that. So another question I have off of that for you then is who do you feel like, like let's say that you don't have type 2 diabetes, right? You're just essentially trying to use Ozempic to be able to help you lose weight. In what particular situations do you feel like that makes sense? and is logical slash reasonable to use? And in what particular situations do you feel like maybe I would do a, like think twice about this and maybe look at some different options in regards to weight loss first? So I will always take a look at lifestyle factors first. Like, I don't think it's great to be like, Hey, like I have this, you know, big weight problem let me just go and, you know, take this, you know, drug treatment that's going to make me lose this weight without me actually like changing lifestyle habits. Because there's a lot of people out there who just kind of want to go the easy route. Like no one wants to hear 8K steps a day, you know, four healthy meals, like single ingredient, whole foods, vegetables, fruits, increase your protein. Like no one wants to sit there and actually go through each one of those things. So they're like, Hey, I have your, I have a shot that you can take. They're like, Oh, like sounds good. And yeah. I mean, it will help. I mean, it, it's like, great for our culture too, right? Like mm-hmm. our culture isn't that fast. Like, Oh, results now, what can I do now? And so like it mm-hmm. ties into that perfectly. But the whole idea behind it, like it's meant to be used in addition to a good lifestyle. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there, especially in the fitness community, 
who I've seen absolutely bash on it because like, well, one, it's like, oh, well, it's taking the easy way out, which I mean, I I don't say it's taking the easy way out. Like, especially like if you have to, a type two diabetes, like it's freaking great. Like, yeah. but the whole thing, there was like a study where it was like people who took Ozempic or like some sort of semaglutide, they, the weight they lost was like 40% like muscle and like sick, basically like an outstanding amount of muscle. Yeah. It wasn't just fat. They lost a lot of lean tissue as well. But the whole thing they didn't tell you was had those people had actual good lifestyle factors in place, that wouldn't have happened. So what would they have had to done for that not to happen while using Ozempic to not lose lean muscle tissue, but just body fat? What would they need needed to have done lifestyle wise? One, protein intake was simply not high enough. Yep. Protein intake should have been closer to that 0.82, let's say like 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, kind of depending on said person. Um, and the other thing, resistance strain. So like two of the best things that you can do to like maintain muscle for any person, regardless of like how lean you are, how advanced you are, you know, how overweight you are, whatever, the best thing that you can do for muscle retention is eat enough calories, eat, you know, at maintenance or, you know, in a surplus, but I guess if you're taking this, you wouldn't want to be in a surplus, but, you know, basically a large percent of your calories should come from protein. You should be getting your steps in. So just taking frequent walk, frequent walking breaks throughout the day and making sure you're training hard. If you do those things, Ozempic's not really going to affect you. How, I guess people who just want to, I don't know, some people always feel kind of like bash on it just because like, oh, I saw this post, like let me also do this. And coaches um, will do that as well because they feel like that's, you're losing clients because people are just going to take mm -hmm. Ozempic instead. And so they come up, they end up with a scarce mindset around it. Like, oh no, this is going to take over my job because people can just take this this shot once a week and lose weight. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing is essentially like, you can do it. Like it is great, or I guess it can be great, but then you, you have to have an exit plan. And most people who are coming on, who are like walking in the functional med office and they're like, Hey, like I can give you this, you know, semaglutide and you're going to lose all this weight. It's great. But one, like, do you have the right lifestyle factors in place? And two, do you have an exit plan? Most of which people aren't doing. And so, yeah, like the studies are going to have bad results. Yeah. And that's kind of my opinion is like, if you are under care of like a, just like a good primary care doc, if you have someone like overviewing you, overviewing your labs, you know, controlling your, you know, medications, if you're on any, like, make sure that like all that stuff's taken care of, make sure you know and understand like, what does training hard look like? You know, what is it like, what is a calorie deficit? Like what is maintenance? And if you can control those factors, it can be a great support. You know, you just have to know then how to also come off of it in the future. Yeah. I would agree. And here are my thoughts on it currently. Um, first and foremost, like it's complicated. And I understand that people need to like having an aid to be able to lose weight and have your hunger be suppressed. And so you're not dealing with it. And so you're not dealing with hunger cravings. You're not dealing with um, like wanting more food when in deficit. It will absolutely make weight loss a lot easier for you in the short term. 
But there's a couple of situations here that I think fall into where it makes sense to use it and situations where I don't think that it necessarily makes sense to use it. The main case that I see where it makes sense to absolutely use it outside of obviously having type two diabetes, if you're just using it purely as a weight loss method, if you are somebody who is drastically overweight and it is negatively infect or negatively impacting your lifestyle as a whole and jeopardizing your health in a very serious way. I think using a medication like this right out of the gate, regardless of your experience level could be a massive help help in regards to just improving your health to bring you back to a little bit of a better quality of life as quickly as possible, right? Like if that's your situation, you're 200 pounds overweight, 150 pounds overweight, and like you've tried to diet in the past and nothing works like, and you're, you're dealing with very negative health implications because of that. Like, Absolutely. Like do something to improve your help, your health right out of the gate, right? If this is going to help with that, I think that that makes a ton of sense. If you are somebody, and this is where I'm seeing a lot of it come into play. Let's say you've got like, okay, so this is like the, the common one that I've seen. Like, let's say that you're five, 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier than you would like to be. You train, um, like you've tried to diet and whatnot in the past, you've seen success with it, but like, you just want to be where, where you want to be as quickly as possible. Right. Like in that particular situation, does it necessarily make sense to go on a medication to blunt your hunger, just to you lose a few pounds and get lean, which isn't necessarily going to improve any of your health markers but it's just more of like a vain sort of reason to use it, right? Does it make sense in that particular scenario to start using it? And in my opinion, it doesn't. I would rather see that person lose the weight naturally if they wanted to um, and get a little bit leaner to where their body is comfortable at a, a set level of leanness where they're not dealing with too much hunger. Because even if you get too lean and once you are super lean, and you come back up to a maintenance, like some people can still be too lean to where you're even eating out of maintenance and hunger is high. Energy is low. You just feel like shit. You're, you don't feel very well just because your body doesn't have enough body fat on it to be able to sustain and be optimized. If that makes sense. And something that has probably been talked about a little bit, but probably isn't being talked about enough. And I've experienced this firsthand with a few people that I know is that when you're using Ozempic, you don't have hunger necessarily. Like from what I've been told, like you do not look at food as like something that you look forward to. You're only eating at this point because you physically have to eat to have energy, right? Like you're not looking at a cheeseburger or a piece of cake and like, oh man, that looks good. Like if you're on Ozempic and you look at those things, you'll be like, man, it's just like kind of whatever. Right. But what I've seen happen is when you come off of the medication, at that point and your, your hunger stabilizes and your hormones stabilize and you get back to like your normal way, since you haven't looked at food with that desire for such a long time while on the medication, that desire for food comes back 10 X and you are like, you look at food, like, oh my gosh, like look like it provokes those emotions in you 10 times to where those emotions were doled towards food for so long. 
And so you're going to be much more likely, in my opinion, to start overeating. And if you only had 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds to lose, you're going to be extremely likely just to put that weight right back on that you lost, you lost while using Ozempic. And I have I have a friend that I play golf with that this exact same thing happened to him. He went on Ozempic. He lost 40 pounds. He felt great. And then he came off and just went kind of ravenous, like couldn't really control his urges or cravings or emotions when it came to food. He just could not regulate them and started massively overeating relatively quickly and started to gain weight relatively quickly. And so his solution to this whole thing was essentially, well, I'm just going to take a mini dose of Ozempic every single week, essentially for the rest of my life to mitigate those high hunger levels that come in um, because of whatever off regulated in my brain when I came off, right? Like that desire for food came back 10 X. So his solution was to just take a, a, a smaller dose of Ozempic every single week, essentially for the rest of his life is what he claims so that he can regulate that hunger a little bit better. And he's been able to maintain doing that. But like a big question that I have, I don't feel comfortable having to go on a medication that my body doesn't necessarily need just to maintain my weight for the rest of my life. Because one, this medication hasn't been around long enough yet for us to know if there are any negative long-term consequences to using the medication for somebody who doesn't actually need the medication from a health standpoint, right? Like in my personal opinion, I just don't feel comfortable with that. And I don't trust um, the pharmaceutical industry enough to put that kind of alliance in them and trust in them to take a medication that my body doesn't necessarily need for the rest of my life, just to be able to maintain my weight. I don't feel like that that makes a lot of sense. And so that's, that's my long winded thought on it. At this point, if you are somebody with who is extremely overweight and your health is being subjected to that severely and your lifestyle is very poor because of that. And you've tried to lose weight and it's not working. And like, you know, if you lost 50 to hundred pounds, your quality of life would be a million times better in your situation. Yeah. This could be that aid that kickstarts things that at least gets you to a better position. I do think that if you come off of it, you're going to have struggles, but I think right now, like short term, the goal is to like, just get you in a healthier position to be able to live a little bit of a better lifestyle. Right. I think it makes sense in that scenario, but if you're somebody who's who your health isn't significantly impacted by your weight at the moment. I don't think it's something that you should be going on to just lose a little bit of weight to feel more confident in your body because chances are you're going to put that weight right back on when you come off. It can mess up your relationship with food or you're stuck sitting on a medication for the rest of your life just to maintain your ideal level of body fat that you want to be at without knowing if there are any negative complications in the long run, continuing to use that medication. And I would really say this could go beyond just like Ozempic and just really go for anything kind of in the health space. Like you have to understand every decision that you make is going to come with pros and it's going to come with cons. And you have to kind of see which one's going to basically be more worth your time in that given moment. Most people just don't sit there long enough and ask themselves like, yes, this seems good for me, but how could this also be negative for me? You know, and that yeah. like, just really goes for anything. Understand what you're getting yourself into, even as just as simple for like going into a deficit. Like when we bring clients into a deficit, the first thing that I always tell them 
is I say most diets don't fail because people can't lose the weight. Most diets fail because people don't know how to sustain it long term. You know, and so mm -hmm. it just really goes for anything like have a plan, understand what you're doing, know, know what to look out for. And there's a lot of things where it's like people have fear mongered it. And it's like, oh, this is so bad for me. And it's like, it doesn't have to be bad. Most people just don't do the research around it. And don't understand it for what it is. Yeah. Right. And or so they'll just kind of copy and paste like, oh, well, I saw him post that, you know, you lose 40% muscle mass. So I'm just going to copy because like I saw they linked the study. Yeah. But then people don't take the time to actually sit there and like analyze and see like what even was the study. Yeah. So. Absolutely. We were going to hop into more questions, but I think this is the perfect top or title for this episode as well. And I think that's something that needs to be discussed because just like you said, I see pe some people who are like all for it. Like, yeah, you should absolutely use it. Like it's changed my life. Um, and then I've seen some coaches and like content creators that are kind of neutral. And that's where I kind of am with it at this point as well. Same like, here. I, I think there are scenarios where it absolutely makes sense. And I think there are scenarios where people are just looking to use it as a quick fix and it's going to backfire on them in the long run. And I think there are, um, what two did I just said? I said, I just tried to say that I'm being neutral. What's the first thing that I just said where it makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just went completely huge brain fart, but yeah, don't worry. I did that where, earlier. There are scenarios where it makes sense. There are scenarios to where, um, it doesn't make sense essentially. And I think mm -hmm. that we covered both of those very well. And then there are, are coaches that are completely against it as well and writing like how terrible it is, but there is a middle ground to where sometimes it, it might be good for your situation. And there are a lot of situations where it's not going to be best for you in the long term. And whenever I'm trying to give health advice or coach somebody through a particular process, I'm not worried necessarily. Like my main concern isn't like, okay, how many, how much progress can we make in the next three to six months? I'm worried about the progress that we're going to make over the next three to six months. Is this progress that you're going to be able to sustain over the years coming forward after that progress is made? Because if you're not able to sustain that progress after you make it, then all of that effort and investment you put into yourself was worthless in my opinion. And so making sure you're finding strategies and solutions that are realistic for the long term in regards to being able to sustain that and keeping you in the right mindset to be able to do so and keeping your hormonal markers and your metabolic rate and all of your biofeedback in a position that is going to allow you to sustain that and your mindset, keeping that in a good place as well is the biggest key to your success because nobody gives a shit what kind of progress you can make in three to six months if you just end up losing that progress. It doesn't impact you positively in any sort of way. If anything, it only makes you feel worse a year from now because you feel like you can't create and sustain. And usually that's because we're taking wrong tactics to be able to get to that point. And so that's if you're considering Ozempic, if you've heard a lot about it and you're not sure about it, Hopefully this podcast was be able to help to give you a little bit of perspective in regards to where it might make sense, where it might be just being used as a quick fix. And you can kind of identify for yourself, what's, what situation are you currently in and does it make sense? Or is it, you're kind of just missing the forest for the tree, so to speak. And so focused on the short term that you're getting blindsided, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it'd be helpful just for the listeners, if we just kind of did, um, quick little recap because i know there's probably 
a lot of new information for the listeners. And so if I could just kind of put it into like a one minute like sentence, it would essentially be there's GLP-1, like a natural hormone like within the body that Ozempic mimics. The GLP-1, like when you take Ozempic, it helps the liver produce less glucose, which naturally helps with blood sugar regulation. Less up and downs, the better your appetite is going to be throughout the day. It's also going to slow digestion, which means you're going to stay fuller for longer. And then lastly, you actually have like GLP-1, like actually like in your brain, like some of the hormones are present in your brain. And so when these are altered, as you said earlier, Chaz, like you're going to look at food differently. You're not going to look at a cheeseburger the same. And so that's the effect that it has on the body. It's not meant to be a short-term fix. You're kind of in it for a while, but make sure that you also have an exit plan. Make sure that you are training hard. Make sure that you're eating enough calories and eating enough protein. And that's like a two-minute summary of like my thoughts and kind of like this podcast, I think, as a whole. And of course, like if you're in a position of health where like you're immediately going to benefit, great. If you have type 2 diabetes, like, yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, I think, all my thoughts condensed into simpler to understand terminology. Yeah. And I'll just finish off of what you said there, like the scenario where it doesn't make a lot of sense, in my opinion, is if you're trying to lose the last 10 pounds, the last 15 pounds, like, oh, just let me take Ozempic to make that happen. Probably not the best idea. It's not that last 10 to 15 pounds is not going to have great benefit towards your health. And more than likely, if you use Ozempic to lose that, and then you come off of it, you're just going to put that weight back on. So either get comfortable and like accept the body fat percentage that you're currently at, as long as it's healthy and your health is in a good position, like you can accept that, or you can just try to get more aggressive on your own and build in further lifestyle habits that are going to allow you to lose that. If it's something for yourself that you're just wanting to be able to prove to yourself, like do it the, that last little bit of weight, do it the right way so that it's weight that you can sustain long-term if that's something that's important to you as opposed to just using it for that quick fix to get to that final destination because more than likely it's not going to be something you're going to be able to sustain long-term from. And that's just my opinion and, and my experience with it so far from stories and things that I've heard from a good amount of people at this point that I've been able to chat with about it. And so, um, yeah, like I said, I hope this, this podcast and, and topic is helpful to some of you who might be thinking about this. Um, Alex, as always, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll leave your links down below so that people can follow you on Instagram. Again, make sure you guys are doing that so you can put a face to the voice as we have these conversations every single week. Um, and with that, if you guys are willing, we'd be really appreciative if you could go down below, leave the podcast a star rating and review as that's the best way for the the podcast to continue to grow and continue for more people to listen as that's the only way in regards to the algorithms with podcasts, how they're able to, to show up in more people's feeds. So we appreciate you all. Alex, do you have any closing remarks or you feel like you summed it up pretty well? Nope. I'm, I'm happy with where it's at. All right. Well, like I said, I appreciate you guys. I know Alex does too. Hopefully you have an amazing day and we'll chat with y'all very soon.